You're very welcome to the Westport Hurling Club podcast. My guest this week is well-known Westport balladeer and Westport Hurling Club stalwart Charlie Keating. Charlie, before we talk about hurling, give us a little bit of background on your own family connections with the Westport Hurling Club and how it all started. My dad came to Westport in, in the early 50s. He came just after me winning the last All-Ireland, just that time. And, uh, of course, he hadn't. He, he was working with the railway. He came here with the railway. And, and, and um, a few of them used to go for a puck about. They decided they'd, they'd put a, a team together. Now, there, there was a team. There was a team in the 50s, no more than the early 60s, for short periods of time. But intermittently, they, they, they lost out in a few years here and there. And uh, they set up the club again, re, re, revamped it, and, and, and uh, they, start, they won the, uh, the county championship in 1962. In, uh, and then they won it again in 64. So he was involved. He, he just he had a passion for hurling. He loved hurling. He came from Kilimer Daly. He was he, it would be between Lockray and and um, Athenry, just outside Athenry there. That was about it, I suppose. On the mother's side, her cousin uh, Jerry, he played with um, Thurles Sarsfield, and uh, he won something in the region of ten senior titles, the Dan Breen Cup with Thurles Sarsfield. And he won two or three All-Ireland medals with uh, Tipperary. Good hurling DNA then, uh, Galway and Tipperary. Galway, a good, a good brie, a good cross. And oddly enough, on my mother's grandmother's side, they had the, 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 the Corrigans, the, the, the Corrigan twins from um, Offaly. It seems that the McBrides were instrumental in, in introducing the game to the town. Joseph, uh, Major John's older brother... He brought a lock of hurleys in by train into Westport. Now, that's the story I was told. And I was told by none other than one of, I suppose, our most famous hurler in Westport, Arthur McAvoy, who I was a, a great friend of. And Arthur uh, could recall because, uh, you know, he, he was born in the very early part of the, the 20th century. I think he was born in 1902 or something like that. He did remember Major John McBride also coming to the Bath Hotel, which his mother ran. But uh, Joe, Joe brought in a lock of Hurleys into Westport. In a roundish 1913, 12, 13, because that was when Nathena, about that period, Nathena were formed. Who were Nathena? Nathena were the uh, volunteer Boy Scouts, really. They were set up with the Republican ideal, really. McBride, of course, was, was was the instigator of it. It was mostly out of Castlebar Street that uh, a lot of the the, uh, the the drilling was done in the organisation, believe it or not. They instilled a, a, a great love and a great awareness of your national identity. So the Harleys had a, a multi-purpose. Well, they, were, they were used on the field and many people say they were used off the field. They were used for drill. That was one of their neighbour, but they were used most of the type of hurling that time. If you look back, it was uh, it was ground hurling. It was, you know, whip, pull, cut, you know. Today, hurling has changed so much. It's, 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 it's a different type of hurling. What are your earliest memories of playing hurling then in the town? There was a pitch now down where um, Hotel Westport is now. It was it wouldn't have been full regulation size, but that's where we did all our hurling, and that's where the hurling team practiced. So as young lads, we'd go down there on the side of the hill to watch them. 
And uh, I remember Dad going to the woods and, uh, and uh, cutting myself and, and my brother a hurley, you know. Uh, so he got this, I can still see it, he went up into the Lord's Tiger was the man and cut an ash bush. It was, it was a, a bend on it, like that hurl there now, but you know the way you'd cut from it, you'd cut it off the tree. And he shaped it, he cut it down, and of course he, 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 he had a, a rasp and it. There were some Harleys now. I can still remember because I remember Kissy, Kissy Gerty, the Lord be good to her. She had a, they had a, they started a camogie team around the same time. And Kissy always came over. We'd be sitting on the hill, she watching them. And uh, Kissy came over and she, because she was sure she needed a Harley. So she asked us for the Harley. But the roars and shouts as it went the rest of the way, she was fearless. Because she drove, she she was she was ground hurling like, but she kept the bar moving. But all the other ladies were a bit more uh, reserved. But Kissy didn't pull back. She was as tough as nails. Who was involved in from an administration point of view, and who were the coaches back oh, then? Who was involved in? There wasn't a lot of coaching. It was just down, and you, you know, there wasn't a lot of this what you see today you know they're doing stretch there was no such thing as stretch exercises or down doing physical any physical exercises you did them you did them on your own bat it was all hurling down be pucking the ball up and down up Horrick Brown and Richie and oh big John McGrath and all these fellas that'd be up and down and in and out and then they, they, they might have they might if they could throw a five aside or a seven aside that have a match, but they'd play, they'd play away there until dark. Did you compete in leagues, or was there a championship structure in the fifties and sixties? Oh, in the fifties, like as young lads, now I, I I remember there was an under fourteen and an under sixteen, if I remember correctly. Now we had an under fourteen and a sixteen team. We won, I, I could say, around nineteen sixty five, sixty six, and around sixty seven. The dominant team that time were, believe it or not, were from Kong. They were the dominant team. And, of course, that was where the famous Moichura, or the Battle of Moichura, was fought. And that was one of the first accounts of hurling in the country, not Mayo. It, it, it was, in fact, a battle with hurlies in a way. They were a very strong side, and they wore the Kilkenny strip. I can still see it. What other clubs were involved back then? At that time, there was Castlebar, of course. There was Clare Morris. And uh, Turin didn't really exist as a juvenile team that time, believe it or not. Ballinair sometimes put in a team. Castlebar, if they didn't field, they may have field juvenile teams, but Ballyhane was the team. It usually was Ballyhane with a, an assortment of bracy players and some blow-ins that came into Castlebar. Then in the 70s, from 72 to 82, there was very little hurling in the club. It came back then in the early 80s, and you were involved again. It did. Well, oh, before that, no, in fairness, uh, Paddy Muldoon and um, Chris Grady and a few of the lads decided, well, they were always trying to promote push Harlem. You see, it had died then again after, we'll say, the mid-60s, the juveniles went out. You know, it wasn't continued on. They revived it again in, we won in 69 and 70. Mick Lockley, Mick Higgins, there was Tony Holland, Tony Bond. A lot of these lads were, uh, Donny O'Connor, the Lord be good to him. There was a lot of those 
Paula Cox came back. Willie McGee played with us. Would you believe that? And Willie was famous at the time. He had, oh gee, he was a, he was a mighty footballer. But uh, the the won two championships, two titles. One was one was against Ballinrobe, I think, and I think the other was I think the other one was it, it didn't go to a final. I think we got a walk over. What are your fondest memories from being involved with the hurling club down through the years? I loved to meet, and uh, you know, when we'd go down poking a ball around or we'd go playing matches, we always had the likes of Jack Kenny that I'd go to him. Jack would come down and, and, and be keeping an eye on us, and Mickey Morton was another great character, and Arthur, of course, and Joe Kenny, and they'd be there, you know, on the sideline, just watching us and they never they never give us any stick the one coaches you could ask their opinion maybe after a match or maybe a few days after you know but they'd always give you to be honest but they wanting to they were not critical they love to see the game played so there's no one that has uh eight mayo titles uh, like around westport the senior hurling titles then arthur has and arthur played in from 1927 up to about the mid fifties, he was. I think it was fifty six or fifty seven. The one, but he was he was so hurling driven. And what was his Westport connection? Well, Arthur was born at the Bath Hotel, uh, just down at the end of the the point there, and his people, they ran the Bath Hotel. McCoy's was his uncle's name like Robert McCoy was the man that was lost on Knockhogging but he was an uncle of Arthur Arthur's mother was McCoy who married McAvoy who came from around Belfast I think more so not down and someone told me later that he would have been related to uh, Tony McCoy no I don't know how true that was but there could be the same line of McCoy's I don't think Arthur was ever a jockey on him, but he was a he was a great he had a great memory and a passionate GAA man as well. Oh well, in a, you know, if you go back through all the old photographs, Arthur is there somewhere. He mightn't be out to the front, but he he he's there. The seventies, as we spoke, were lean years. The club, in many ways, disbanded, and there was very little hurling well, in the seventies. Well, it vanished again after after funny after seventy. You see, we depended on some hurlers from outside, like we'd be bringing in hurlers at that time. You know, you could have Borishul, some lads that would be down in Borishul play. We had one particular lad from Akin, I can't put a name on him. We revived again. We, did, we, we, we stayed together, all right, a couple of us. But like that, we were getting it hard to make a team. You know, we might be above at the Arctic and going, for, going traveling at that time and waiting for a few lads. And sure, we're like, we might be only fit to pull together, you know, We'd be lucky to get maybe oh, we can only get fifteen or thirty now because two won't turn, two hadn't turned up. Like we wouldn't have the amount of surplus hurlers there is today. Like you know, uh, eventually we 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 did get to a one particular final, uh, which was amazing because this is the funniest one you'll ever hear. But we were down playing a good team now, a good bloody team from there were Ballyhane. Big Lockery was playing. Ah, jeez, Lockery, Lockery. Darrell Lockery was something. Uh, to me, Lockery was the finest hurler I ever saw locally or within this county, you know. He had the physique, he had the temperament, he had the ability. By God, he was strong. 
Well, down in the field anyway, and we all like this. We were stuck. We the, the boys, oh Jesus, they came down, and he and came down with about twenty-five of a penny, and here we are in a home game, like looking who the fuck would we get, you know? Oh Jesus, Broderick said, he says Dundee was on the line, and sure we were getting Dundee to do the umpire, like, and Chris, poor old Chris Moore and Christy, be a God be good to him. So we said, we get them early, stick them out, out of the way, on these corner, and sit me pink, but we bet belly. We bet them, not but they were raging. Well, they should have bet us after. But it was uh, a direct, it was all up the middle of the field, Hernan. There was no wing in it, lucky enough, for 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 Chris uh, Dunty and, 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 and Christy Mubert. But they got a great kick out of but we laughed, we laughed, and we laughed, and we cried, because we bet a highly fancy team. You, you mentioned about the, the tears of joy and sadness. That had been a, a kind of a, a central part, or a key part of that camaraderie that has always been always, in the Harlan Club. Yeah, yeah we, it was always great camaraderie and great crack, you know. it was That was a thing, like, as you know, as I said, we 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 always got stuck out there and uh, had the crack after the after the game we 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 would uh, retire to a, a a public house as it were. They usually would have sandwiches and all for the visiting team, and we'd have a few pints and a bit of crack. And uh, of course, the sing song was a big part of it. But it was always uh, it was always good, regardless, you know, of what happened out on the field. We we'd forget about it and we'd get on with the the, the opposing team and have the crack. Yeah. 1982, a new structure was put in place um, and a lot of underage hurling uh, commenced in Westport. You continued to hurl with the seniors, but you also got involved then with the coaching. Uh, was it difficult to get it up and going again in the 80s? Do you know, it, it wasn't because there was a great bunch of youngsters that were really, you know, into it. And, uh, you know, you had... You'd have, you'd have Tony O'Keefe and, of course, Stephen Broderick and you had Dick Harnady and you had, you know, Tony Keegan. And there was a good few lads like that, you know, and that uh, were from Harlan Counties and they were encouraging it, like, and uh, they were going for maybe three years or four. And then in about 86, 86, 85, we were sort of, because we, uh, we had been two or three rooms. Stephen and I had been hurling with um, Castle Bar Mitchells and then we, we decided to, you know, we, we put a team together ourselves and we'd, we'd try and take from our homegrown young lads. When you look back at the history of the Westport Hurling Club, going back to uh, Joe McBride and Major John, what does it mean to you or how important is it that hurling would remain, I suppose, part of the sporting tapestry of the town? It is awful important that we would, you know, that we would, uh, we'd encourage and, uh, I suppose, uh, promote the Gaelic games, as Michael Cusick saw it, uh, especially in Westport. Because Westport would have been considered, you know, uh, a garrison town. It is important that that, that it would be promoted, especially, like, well, Horlands especially, because, like, you know, it has, has a great history. Finally, Charlie, we ask all our guests uh, before we finish to pick a piece of music mm. that they enjoy or that they have listened to in the past. 
I suppose I have to ask you, would you play a piece or have you anything in mind that you think might be appropriate uh, to finish our lovely chat? Yeah, I will. I'll give you a blast of Major John McBride. I got this from one of our great stalwarts, the Arthur McAvoy, many, many years ago. And uh, as a tribute to him and all who were involved in Harlan and, of course, the McBride family, I'd like to sing it anyway. It's um, Hooray for Major John McBride. Hooray for Major John McBride. Offer him we give three cheers With Ireland's grand old cause he died With the Dublin volunteers He fought the English ten to one He tamed their Saxon pride but now our gallant chief is gone Brave Major John McBride With Kruger and the fearless boar He fought for liberty And when he saw the eye He came to set us free For this he laboured day and night For this he fought and died A martyr for our country's right Brave Major John McBride red stream cease to flow when will her tears be dry and who will raise the flag laid low with Major John McBride hooray for Major John McBride for him we give three cheers for Ireland's grand old cause he died with the Dublin ball.